Hello, welcome back to the Barefoot Books podcast. Bravery is not the only quality of a true knight, as Peronic learns in this week's tale. Though many brave knights have failed to claim the magical object in the castle of Carglass, Peronic may just be clever enough to succeed. After the story, go to barefootbooks.com to find the complete Barefoot Knights collection along with songs, activities, coloring sheets, and more. How many of you know what a quest is? asked Master William one cold and blustery day. The boys were gathered around the armoury in the great hall of the castle, as close to the blazing fire as they could get. Several hands went up. It means to look for something really hard to find, like the Holy Grail, said one of the pages. Master William nodded. Can anyone tell me why one should go on such a quest? To see if they were brave enough, suggested Tom. Well... That's one reason, said Master William, but you need to be more than brave to succeed on a quest. What's more important than courage? put in one of the older squires. Many things, said Master William, such as being clever enough to know when things are real and when they are tricks. Peronic was clever enough to know the difference, and yet everyone thought he was a fool. Who's Peronic? Tom asked. Oh, he was a great hero who went on a quest a long time ago, said Master William. Tell us about him, begged the boys. Well, I suppose it does show you how people can be mistaken about each other, said the armourer slowly. All right, listen, and I'll tell you how this quest began. Peronic the Fool, a story from Brittany. Long ago, in the great dark forest of Brosseliande, there lived a boy named Peronique. He was, in fact, a very clever fellow, but he was also lazy. He liked nothing so much as hanging about all day, dreaming and gazing up at the sky, as though he expected something wonderful to fall from it. For this reason, everyone called him Peronique the Fool, and swore that no good would ever come to him. But Peronique had a secret dream that he told to no one. He wanted to become a knight. One day, he knocked at the door of a house that stood just near the edge of the forest. At first, the farmer's wife was going to send him away, but Peronique was so full of praise for the wonderful smells coming from her oven that she softened and gave him a crust of dry bread and a scraping of bacon fat. At that moment, there was a clatter of hooves and a tall knight on a black horse rode up. "'Can you tell me the way to the castle of Kerglas? he asked. The woman turned pale. "'Why ever would you want to go there?' she cried. "'It's a terrible place. The evil sorcerer Sir Rogier lives there.' "'I know all about that,' said the knight. "'But I am seeking the golden basin and the adamantine spear that he keeps in his castle. The basin can bring the dead to life, and the spear kills everything it touches.' The woman shivered. No one ever comes back from that place, she said. There are all kinds of terrible things in the dark forest that surrounds it. Indeed there are, said the knight, but no one else has had the benefit of advice from the hermit of Blavé. What did the hermit tell you? asked Peronique, who had been listening to all this with wider and wider eyes. He told me everything I had to do to overcome the spells the sorcerer has set around his castle. First, I must ride through this dark forest, where all kinds of wizardry will be turned against me. 
Then I must find a certain apple tree and take one of its apples. But to do that, I have to overcome a dwarf with a weapon that burns everything it touches to ashes. And after that? demanded Peronique. Oh, nothing much, replied the knight boastfully. Then I must find the flower that laughs, which is guarded by a lion with a mane of serpents. I must pick the flower and make my way to a river where I will find a lady dressed in black. I must take her on my horse to the castle of Kerglas, where she will tell me what to do next. The farmer's wife tried her best to persuade the knight not to go, but he only shook his head and said that knights were honour bound to go on the most dangerous quests they could find. Then he rode off in a cloud of dust. At that moment the farmer came home, looking gloomy. I've had to send that boy who looks after the cows away, he said. He's just no use at all. Then he spotted Peronique, who was leaning against the wall with a faraway look in his eyes. I don't suppose you want a job, he asked. Peronique was really too lazy to want any kind of job, but he could still taste the bread and bacon fat on his tongue. So he nodded. So Peronique became a cowherd. All day long he watched to see that the farmer's cattle did not stray too far into the forest. And truth to tell, he found the job very dull. Though it did leave him plenty of time for dreaming of becoming a knight. Then one day he heard the sound of hooves on the track and saw a huge dark figure on a wild black horse riding by. As soon as he saw him, Peronique knew that he must be Sir Ogier, the sorcerer of Kerglas, because he carried a dark and gleaming spear in one hand, the tip of which shone with unearthly light, and round his neck hung a golden basin. Following him was a yearling foal, which tossed its head and rolled its eyes as though it was afraid. Next day, as Peronique was herding the cows, he saw a tall man with a white beard standing in the road. Are you looking for the way to Kerglas? he asked the man. Why should I do that, since I know the way better than most? answered the stranger. You've been there? cried Peronique, wide-eyed. How is it you're still alive? <laughs> because Sir Rogier has nothing to fear from me, laughed the man. I am his brother, and a sorcerer like him. When I want to get to Kerglas... I simply make a spell to call a young foal my brother has. It knows the way better than anything, and soon takes me there. As Peronique looked on in wonder, the man drew three circles in the earth, muttered some strange words, and then said aloud, Foal light of foot, foal sharp of tooth, foal I am here, come where I wait. At once the little horse appeared, and the sorcerer's brother put a halter on it and rode away into the forest. Peronique thought and thought about this meeting. He remembered everything the knight had said about how to get to Kerglas and how to survive the magic of the evil sorcerer. He began to plan how he could defeat Sir Rogier and all the other strange people the knight had described. First he made a halter of brown hemp, and a snare for catching snipe. Then he got a linen bag and filled it with bird lime and lark's feathers. Last, he took a piece of hard bread and rubbed it all over with bacon fat. With everything ready, Peronique scattered breadcrumbs along the road where the sorcerer used to ride every day. Then he hid in some bushes 
until Sir Rogier came along on his wild black horse, with a foal trotting behind. From his hiding place, Peronique watched Sir Rogier go by. The foal smelled the bread smeared with bacon fat, and stopped to eat it. But the sorcerer soon passed out of sight. Quick as a flash, Peronique jumped out and put the halter on the foal. Then he jumped onto its back and let it go wherever it liked, for he was sure it would take him to Kerglas. Sure enough, the foal ran as fast as it could toward the castle. As it went through the forest, all the magic spells of protection placed there by the evil sorcerer began to work. Cracks appeared in the earth, spouting flames. Streams became raging rivers when Peronic came near them. Huge boulders broke away from the hillsides and came crashing down where he rode. But Peronic knew these things were not real. They were only tricks. So he pulled his cap over his eyes and clung onto the foal's neck as hard as he could and waited for his ordeal to end. At last they left the dark forest and came to a meadow, where there grew an enormous apple tree, with its branches loaded down with fruit. In front of it stood a dwarf, and in his hand he held the fiery weapon that turned everything it touched to ashes. When he saw Peronic, he gave a loud cry and rushed forward. Peronic raised his hat and said, Please don't let me disturb you. I only want to pass by here on my way to the castle of Keglas. Sir Rogier has asked me to come. And who might you be? said the dwarf suspiciously. I am the master's new servant, said Peronic. You know, the one he's waiting for? I know of no such thing, answered the dwarf. You look like a trickster to me. I'm nothing of the kind, replied Peronic, as innocently as he knew how. I'm just a bird catcher and trainer. Anyway, he added, you can see this is the master's horse I'm riding. That's how urgently he needs me. Hmph, said the dwarf. I want to see you catch a bird. They are always eating the fruit of my apple tree. Set up your snare. If you catch a bird, I'll let you pass. Peronique agreed. He tied one end of the snare to the tree. Then he called the dwarf to hold the other while he set up the lures. Then, quick as a wink, he pulled the snare tight, and the dwarf was caught. Screaming with fury, the dwarf struggled to free himself, but as hard as he pulled, the snare only grew tighter, and in the end, he couldn't move at all. Peronique, meanwhile, picked the largest apple he could see on the tree, got back on the foal, and rode on as fast as he could. Soon he came to the most wonderful gardens he'd ever seen. There were flowers too rich and rare to name, and all kinds of herbs and ornamental trees. But most wonderful of all was the magical flower the knight had told him of, which laughed gently as it nodded above the other blossoms on a long stalk. As he was looking in wonder at all this, a huge lion with a mane of serpents and eyes like mill wheels came racing towards him. Peronique quickly doffed his cap and wished the lion and his family every good thing he could think of. Then he asked if he was on the right road to Kerglas. Surprised by this greeting, for he was used to people running away in terror, the lion roared, What do you want in Kerglas? With your permission, Sir Lion, said Peronique, I am in the service of a great lady who wants to send a gift to Sir Rogier. What gift? demanded the lion. Why, lark pie, replied Peronique. Larks, 
said the lion, licking its teeth. It's been centuries since I tasted larks. Do you have any with you? Oh, yes. As many as I can get in this bag, said Peronique, holding up the bag filled with feathers and bird lime. Let me see, said the lion. But if I open the bag, the larks will fly away, said Peronique. Then Sir Rogier will be angry and probably kill me. Just open the bag far enough for me to look in, said the lion. Peronique did just that, and the lion thrust its head right into the bag. There it found itself caught up in the feathers and bird lime, and quick as a wink, Peronique drew the cord tight around its neck, so that it was completely unable to escape. Then he ran to the laughing flower, picked it, and hurried on his way as fast as he could. Soon he saw the grim walls of the castle of Kerglas. A swift river ran before it, beside which was a meadow. There Peronique saw a lady, dressed all in black. As he came up close to her, he saw that her face was yellow. Do you wish to cross the river? he asked her politely. The lady nodded. That is why I am waiting for you, she said. Only your horse knows the safe place to cross. So the lady climbed up behind Peronique, and they crossed the river in a moment. As they reached the further side, the lady said, Do you know who I am? I would guess that you must be a very noble and powerful lady indeed, said Peronique. Noble I am, since my lineage stretches back thousands of years. Powerful I must be, since everyone fears me. What is your name, great lady? I am called Plague, she said. At once, Peronique jumped down and tried to run away. But the lady called after him, Do not be afraid. I have not come for you. It is Sir Rogier I want. But surely he is a sorcerer and therefore cannot die, said Peronique. Normally that would be true, said the lady. But the apple you have comes from a magical tree. If you can get the evil sorcerer to eat some, he will become mortal and can therefore die. I will try, said Peronique, but if Sir Roger is killed, how will I find the golden basin and the adamantine spear? They're locked in a deep, dark dungeon under the castle, and only the sorcerer can open the door. The laughing flower which you carry can open all doors, and its light will shine in even the darkest place, the lady replied. With this, Peronique had to be satisfied. And so they went on together to the castle. There they found the evil sorcerer stretched out at his ease under a canopy of silk. That is my fool you are riding, roared Sir Rogier. So it is, O greatest of sorcerers, replied Peronique. How did you overcome the magic spells in the forest? the sorcerer demanded. Why, I said the words your brother taught me, Peronique replied. When I came to the edge of the forest, I said, Foal light of foot, foal sharp of tooth, foal I am here, come where I wait. So you know my brother, said Sir Rogier. As well as any servant knows their master, replied Peronique. Then why has he sent you to me? He wanted you to have two rare and wonderful gifts, 
this apple of joy and this lady. If you eat the apple, you'll never feel discontented again. And if you take this lady into your house, there will be nothing left for you to wish for on this earth. Give me the apple then, said the sorcerer greedily, and let the lady enter my house. Then he bit into the fruit. At once, Lady Plague touched him, and the evil sorcerer fell dead. Peronique hurried into the castle, passing through a hundred halls, each one finer than the last, until he reached the dungeons. There before him was a silver gate, firmly locked. But as soon as he held up the flower that laughed, the door opened, and there before him were the golden basin and the adamantine spear, the tip of which shone with an unearthly light. Peronique snatched them up and ran out of the castle as quickly as he could. Hardly had he left it when he heard the greatest crashing and thundering, and when he looked back he saw the castle of Kerglas falling into ruins. Peronique hurried on until he reached the great city of Nantes, where the king lived. There he used the golden basin and the adamantine spear to perform many great deeds, and the king made him a knight just as he had always wanted. And in time, he inherited the kingdom and ruled long and wisely. There are those who say that thanks to the Golden Basin, Peronique is living still. But others are just as sure that the sorcerer's brother got back the magical objects and that if anyone wants to find them, they must go and look for them. So you see, said Master William, if you really want to be good knights, you have to keep on trying, even if you think it's never going to happen. Peronique wasn't really that brave. At least, he wasn't to begin with. But he wanted to be a knight so much that he overcame his fears. And he knew the things in the forest were tricks, Tom pointed out. Yes. Sometimes, as I said, that can be more important than being brave, said Master William. He looked up towards one of the long, narrow windows that pierced the huge walls of the hall. Well, he said, I think it's starting to snow. With cries of delight, the boys scattered from the hall in a moment, all thoughts of quests and chivalry forgotten, in the rush to be the first to see the white flakes falling on the castle courtyard. Master William got up more slowly, then went smiling after them. That's all for today's episode. Thanks for listening. Now you can visit barefootbooks.com slash podcast to find special offers, join our email list, and listen to past episodes of the Barefoot Books podcast. See you next week. Bye.